Collins driving, almost lost the handle. Chalmers for the tie. Got it! In seconds. Unbelievable! And he used to tell me, those places are great, but there's no place like Kansas. All right, folks, what's good? We are back uh, recapping a uh, really just a brutal loss. One of those losses that you, you think about all day, the following day, you run back uh plays you run back little things that could have gone another way another direction could have gone your way compared to their way um but at the end of the day it's a bad loss it's another bad road loss that this team where they just got outplayed in the final minutes of a close game which is not something you see very often with Bill Self teams and certainly not something you see with pretty experienced Bill Self teams. So that's the thing that's been super disappointing. I think the the thing for me that's been so uh, disappointing about it all was Saturday felt like we found something. It really did. It felt like it was going to be the turnaround. It was going to be the the time where we looked back and said, that's where the season flipped. Um, and now I don't know. I really can't decide where I'm at on this team. Um, I've got some takes that I'll, I'll give out here in a bit. But the first thing we have to address is that Anthony backs. <laughs> next time you have a prediction that the Hawks are going to lose to another bad team, just keep it to yourself. I don't want to hear it. You spoke it. You're, you're, you're on fire. You cannot miss with your predictions. But uh, that one was that one was tough. Yeah, I mean, boys, it was written on the wall. And part of my whole point that I want to dive into more on the episode is we're all guilty of this. We got to stop taking so much out of games at Allen Fieldhouse. They're different than every other basketball game we're ever going to play. Like It's like they take Mike's secret stuff or whatever it is inside of that building, then they go somewhere else. They're 5-5 five and five outside of that building this year. And the games that matter, and this is an every year thing, but there are definitely teams that we've had before that have been better suited to go win on the road, win those tough games, win close neutral games. This year may not be that. And it's kind of right there. So I, I know what's going to happen. I'll tell you right now. If we want to make predictions for Saturday, KU's probably going to win comfortably on Saturday. We're going to hop on this YouTube and we're going to say, you know what? This team's turned it around. We're going to go into Tech on Monday and we're going to win. And you know what's going to happen on Monday at Tech? They're probably going to struggle and they're probably going to lose because that's just how this season's been going. Um, so, yeah, that's my biggest turnaround. Right, exactly. That's that's my biggest thing is I think as a fan base, we've got to stop taking so much out of games that happen at Allen Fieldhouse because they're just so much different than every other game we're going to play. Yeah, they just they don't lose there. We talk about it. There's multiple years where they go undefeated at home. You hear all the records on Bill Self like having more what? What are his some of his crazy stats at Allen Fieldhouse where he well, has – He had more Big 12 titles than losses at yeah. one point, but that's not a thing anymore. Yeah, but stuff like that. Like we, we run the table in conference play or full seasons. Like it's very rare when they lose at home. It's a shock. So Bill Self kind of talks about it. anywhere you go on the road in the entire country, it's tough to win. I mean, AB talked about this on the ride home from good old Manhattan. Like I'm not 
really crazy upset about last night's win or the West Virginia or last night's loss or the West Virginia loss. Like the UCF loss is really the one that triggers me and bothers me because you're up 16. You couldn't, um, couldn't execute late. So I know K state didn't play very well. Um, but it's, we talked about it. AB was spot on. Like that's a game they're going to be up for. They just had a couple disappointing losses. They need to, they needed to win, um, especially for their tournament chances if there is any, but yeah, it's just, it's weird, right? You talked about it. KU, these are usually the games they win. And you look at those three losses I just talked about UCF, they're, tied with three minutes left West Virginia they're up one with two minutes left and then last night it obviously went to OT it was tight and at the end of regulation tied to OT tied tight at the end of OT so losing all three of those games is just wild for Bill Self like there's no way if you told me there's going to be three road games where it's tied late or KU had the lead that they would lose all three yeah I mean it's just it's the exact opposite of what we've done for years, which is why we won all those big 12 titles in a row is because we were the team making the plays late in the game. Whereas now it just, it hasn't been that way. And it sucks because it's not like we're getting out uh, executed late in games by Kelvin Sampson and Jamal shed and like really talented teams. We're getting out executed by a UCF team that I can't tell you a name, a single player on their team. Uh, a K-State team that, yeah, they, they looked solid last night. But I don't – that was the even more disappointing part is, like, I don't think K-State played that good. No. They're 40% from the field. They missed quite a bit of free throws. I know there was one point where I, I was showing AB, it was really ugly for, like, six, seven minutes. I think both teams scored, like, ten points combined for seven minutes. I think it was 43 all, which we were up 41-30. But it got really ugly there for a while. It felt like we – could have put him away. It felt like KU had a chance at the end of the first half to kind of extend the lead. Kev had that breakaway layup, which we'll talk about him, but felt like we could have a nice, comfortable lead at halftime. And I forget, KU was up what, one at half? We were up two, two at half. Two at half. Come out, look great. But, yeah, I mean, you mentioned the UCF thing. And that loss, yeah, I think at the end of the day, that loss is – it's a horrible loss. But to me – it's you have those losses throughout the year and you just, you know, you know, you're going to have those. The issue is that we haven't been able to get one of those back. You know, we said, okay, go win at Iowa state. You'll make up for a UCF or a West Virginia. Okay. Well, you didn't do that, but now you beat Houston. Now you go into Kansas state, you make up for one of those losses in the past, but to not learn, I think what I'm more disappointed about is you have the 16 point lead against UCF. You have an 11 point lead against K state and you haven't learned your lesson, you don't realize that those leads can go quick if you take your foot off the gas. And like that is just the thing about this team is there's no, I think that's the big narrative that I've seen is there's no killer instinct. There's no like guy that you can just count on to go take over a basketball game. And so I don't know. I think we should talk about Kevin. Yeah, that's what I was about to talk about him because I was thinking this last night when we were all texting in the group and I was talking about kind of three of his last four games, what he's shooting from the floor. Like, obviously, he bounced back against Houston. He was seven for eight. But can you guys not picture a tournament game? Like, obviously, these college players aren't going to be perfect every night. They're not going to – even we've seen pros have tough nights at the college level. Like, 
can't you just picture a tournament game where Kev goes like five for 16 and you need someone else to step up? Like, yeah, Hunter's going to get his touches, probably finish around the rim. But who's going to be that guy outside of him that goes and gets a bucket late or gets a good look? Like, teams are going to key on Kev. Obviously, Furphy can shoot it a little bit. KJ, it's kind of got the floater going. But I'm trying to think of just a guy that will take over when, like, a Kevin McCuller is having an off night. And he's had nights lately where he's been 5 of 18, 5 of 17, 6 for 18. So there's always an ugly game in March, and I could see Kev having a night where he's 5 of 16, and that's not a knock on him, but I'm struggling to wonder – who else, like on the perimeter, could go off or go get his own shot whenever? It's got to be Furphy, right? Like if we're just going down the guys who yeah, play he's, for us, it's got to be Furphy because it's, it's we know only... it's not going to be Dewan. Dewan's never going to be the guy that's just going to turn it on and go get fifteen, with like no. just because we need it. Uh, KJ, he's not. I don't want to talk. Shit. He's, your, not, he's not skilled yeah. enough. Yeah, that's the thing. He's he's not he's not the guy that you want to rely on to take over. And Hunter's not going to create his own shot. Um, yeah, so it's got to be Furphy, and I'm I'm not out on him. I don't think anyone should be out on him. We we had to expect. I even think I told Braden this either on the way to the game or before. He was just kind of due for a bad game. Like freshmen don't play perfect all year. He's probably gonna have a couple more games like that. Yeah. Um, but I think right. that that more shows us how important he is because since he started, the offense has been awesome. He has one bad game where it's just nothing was going was nothing was going his way. Yeah, uh, and, and the I mean, completely fell apart without you, his skill set showing up. Yeah, and you definitely saw, like, the, the – I mean, Kaluma looked massive up next to him going up for rebounds. And you see that, like, Furphy is – he is a young kid. Like, he looks young out there. And so, like, that's the thing. And I think I said this a few weeks ago. I was like, I love that Furphy is, is looking better and looking like a first-round pick. But also, I'm still worried that mm. if you got to rely on Furphy – then I'm pretty stressed about that in a game in March. But yeah, you're right. You you take Kevin McCuller, and that was back when McCuller was playing a lot better. So like you take McCuller out of this game and you have him have games like he had last night. Unfortunately, I just don't think we're gonna win a game in March where Kevin well, McCuller plays like that. I think the good the positive I take with Furphy even from last night, he's still confident as all get out. I mean, even to a bad extent, it was late in the game. It might have even been overtime. And he took a three that he had no business taking. But he's not, right take in front of him. he's not scared to shoot the ball. And we kind of need True. that. We oh, need yeah. it. Because yeah, we no. have at least I'm... two guys who are semi-scared to shoot the ball, unless they're five feet from the rim. And, you know, like we said, if Kevin's having the off night, it's just it's going to have to be Furf Dog. Yeah. And none of this is a knock on Furphy. Like, we, no. I think we kind of expected this. We know he's not going to be great every night. It's his first year in college. He started eight games or so. Going on the road in these tough environments, he's not going to be this stud every single night. Like we've seen freshmen struggle at KU all the time, but I'm kind of starting to get worried that he might just turn into just a strictly a jump shooter. And I don't know, like the last week or so, it's been weird when he tries to get downhill and get into the paint. He like loses loses his dribble every single time. I don't know if you guys have noticed that, but like the Oklahoma State game, it was really weird. Um, he kind of struggled there, but I just I hope he's able to score in more ways than just being a knockdown jump shooter. But that's obviously a huge start for this offense because it opens so many things up. Yeah, I think I don't know. I think Furphy's also just going to run into. I mean, K State 
had a very good game plan. Like they made it hard for him to get involved, which I think is what Grady Dick ran into last year. And it, it all stems back to what we just said. We've got a point guard who we got to talk about Dewan too. Cause he was awesome. That was Amazing. like the Dewan Harris you love to see. So we do got to talk about that, but when you have a guy like Dewan Harris, that's not a score, not looking to score. And then AB, you said it, you've got the KJ issues. Obviously KJ is awesome, but he's still just a pretty easy guy to, you know, set up a game plan for defensively. You, you kind of know, okay, he's going to score inside the free throw line and that's it. So what I think that also does is it hurts guys like Furphy because when a defense wants to put emphasis on shutting down Furphy, they're not really losing that much because you don't have to worry too much about Dewan and KJ looking to go get an open bucket. So I don't know. I think I don't want to overreact too much about the Furphy thing. That was a, it's a tough environment. It was a tough matchup for him. It was not a tough environment. We're going to talk about that too. That place. And as someone who's been to five of the last nine Sunflower showdowns at Bramlage, that was far and away the worst environment I've been in there. I agree. I sent you that like pregame. I think I was like, this is not as juice. There was no juice. Like they were, it was weird pre-tip before they were trying to do fuck KU when they do the Wabash or Wabash, whatever it's called. I don't truly care to find out, but like it was being drowned out by the band playing right there. And I was, Brain and I were sitting closer to the student section. The band was like overpowering it. And I I don't know. It's like, I'm not scared to say Bramlage is awesome during KUK state games. Last yeah. night it really wasn't until they played Sandstorm at the last media timeout. And I mean, then it, it was still. Juice, then it went to OT. Yeah, but I would like, say the final ten minutes it was good. They were like five. Yeah. Like, it was nothing at all like it was when we went in 2019 no. and when no. Cartier Jada had the 360 windmill dunk to end the game. Yeah. That was yeah. the mate, and this might upset KU fans. That was one of the loudest buildings I've ever been into, including Allen Field. No, that, that I mean, moment, that, that windmill, windmill dunk, yeah. it was insane. Um, so I'm not, so yeah. I'm not afraid to say Bramlage is really good in those types of games. Last night, it simply wasn't. And I think that's almost what made me more upset is that Whoa. typically if they lose at K-State, whatever. Like it, it happens. If they get up for that game, clearly. Last night, you could like feel the frustration in their fan base with the program. And, and you, you could and you still walk in there and you season. let it get to you. Yeah. You could feel their season on the ropes. Like we were so close to like if we win that game, I think their season's done. Because that's five straight. They've now lost the game they care most more about anything about. And then you go to BYU Saturday. And like, you go to BYU, they probably lose that. So it's like, yeah, it sucks because yeah, that fan base, they were up, they were excited, but it was not the same juice. It wasn't the same hatred. It wasn't anything. Um, and it was so, very yeah. loud down the stretch when Tyler Perry was raining threes, but that's kind of normal. But that's the thing. It when was only loud shots. during big moments. It wasn't mm-hmm. ever really even loud when we had the ball. Like, I never felt like our team was that disrupted. But, again, we I mean, we must have been. We we just stopped making layups. We didn't I wonder what shots. Our, yeah, I wonder what our shooting percentage was from one feet, one foot last night. Like, yeah. even – I was talking to AB after we ran the classic Bill Self under the basket um, oh play to KJ through a lob, and he just left it short on the rim. Hunter had a bunch of shots go in and out. Kev might have missed 13 layups. Um, and then, obviously, we talked about this. Like, we wouldn't even be having this convo. Or I'm not saying we would have won, but we might not be having this convo at all if Kev goes to the line and 
hits the front end. Like, yeah. and I told AB this, even if he hits the front end and misses the second one, KU has a solid chance there late in the game to get a turnover or yeah, you foul K state goes one of two from the line, even make both. You're only down three, but missing the front end was pretty much the clincher. I know K state could have went one for two, but you go I make mean, both it's over. So yeah, if Kev just makes free throws late in the game, KU might find a chance to win it in double OT or whatever. So let's just talk about the final really minute to minute or two minutes of regulation and then overtime because Boy, was I – I was fired up after Dewan forced – I mean, we're down four. We look dead. Yep. And we – I don't even remember. How did we get – the first one that they just throw away, basically threw it to us, and we scored. And then the second one, Dewan steals it, finds McCuller, I think, for a layup. And it was like, here we go. This is what happens. We sleepwalk, we sleepwalk, and boom, we make the final plays, and we sneak out of here with a win. We've seen it time and time again. It was starting to feel like all is right in the world with Bill Self as your coach. And then we go up two. Yeah, I guess we went up two on the McCuller steal, Mm -hmm. or the McCuller layup. We get a stop that gets – I was on the complete other side behind the bench and could not – I don't know how they tipped that ball in. Was it Hunter Dickinson? I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. They credited Tyler Perry. Um, Hunter tipped it in. Yeah. So that's how they tie it. We go to overtime. And like, that's where the McCuller stuff is just, it sucks to talk about because he plays so hard. He's like, he, does. he cares so much, but my God, that was a brutal stretch, dude. He, what does he do? He, or, also, was it late in regulation where he turned the ball over, where he lost his dribble, or was that overtime? I can't keep everything. Yeah, straight. there was a cut. There was one in regulation, one in OT that yeah, where so he, he turned he it over. Steps on the line. Yeah, in overtime. That was just a brutal stretch. I think there was like three straight plays from him there. I can't put it all, like you said. He forty-five minute the, game. I think it was back to back. He or no, he might have <clears> got <throat> lost on the steal or on the three for Tyler Perry in the corner, which. I don't know. That could be all sorts. That could be a communication thing, a switch that didn't happen. It's easy for yeah. us watching it to blame him. But then he steps out of bounds, I think, the very next possession. Then he gets fouled to send it to a double overtime and just, I mean, doesn't even come close. To I had a feeling he wasn't going to make it. I mean, he started the night 0 for 3 from the free throw line. He ended up making one. And then when he got fouled, which I hate to be this guy, but how the are you not in the double bonus? Dude, I mean, with 20 seconds left in overtime, it's like five minute half. You can't complain about officiating when you miss that many layups and you miss that many free throws. But like, I will tell you this right now, if some of the calls that were happening last night happened at Allen Fieldhouse, there would have been riots in the streets. Mm -hmm. Like there were some, I mean, and it's not, it's just, that is what I've said for years. Home teams get a good whistle. That's why tons of teams lose on the road it's because officials brains are broken and it is human nature i'm convinced to just make a call that's gonna make people happy rather than mad at you and so like yeah there was a brutal stretch around i think starting at the five minute mark dickinson foul in the corner on the trap uh yeah someone commented kj's fifth foul i didn't really I have forget a good what angle. that was yeah. that was like they I, they said he bumped him but i think kaluma just fell um there was then, a missed travel. 
just... Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about there on the travel too. I was trying to put that together last night because I remember yelling that next to AB that someone for them traveled looked like mm-hmm. yeah, very I mean... massive step. But I think I don't know if you guys saw Hunter's uh, comment. He said something about running over Tyler Perry, and he kind of miss he misworded it. Like he was saying, people thought he was talking about setting a screen on Tyler Perry because he said. Uh, something about we were on offense or something, but it was when we were on defense and Perry set a screen and Hunter turned around and he was right there. Like there's really Hunter couldn't have avoided him and he just ran him over. Like he literally turned and he was there. So yeah. I kind of got what Hunter was saying, but he did run through him and ran him over. Yeah. It was um, a bad clip for sure from Hunter. And then Bill, Bill said something after the game, he talked about, he said a lot of funny things, He's but so funny. In the corner, he talked about the one in the corner you just brought up. And then there was one the next possession that I literally couldn't see at all. But Kaluma drove to the lane, got fouled. Bill kind of questioned that one. He wasn't sure. He said he'd have to see it. So, Ryan, I don't know if you saw that one or if you know what I'm talking about. But, God, there was a – even if they were fouls or not, there was a stretch where they shot seven straight free throws. And I'm not saying that's like an officiating thing. I'm like blaming us too. Like, Dewan, I don't know if he fouled him, but Dewan – fouled Tyler Perry shooting a three, three straight possessions where they shoot seven free throws. It's like, yeah, it was a really, it was a really tough stretch. And like, there was at one point, uh, I can't remember. It might've been KJ's fourth foul. God, so much happened. I should have (laughs) rewatched the damn game, but I couldn't have done that. But, uh, KJ's fourth foul. Somebody had a foul where I'm, I'm, I'm right there watching Bill and he just looks up at the screen, sees the replay, turns to like Norm and KT on the bench. He's like, didn't touch him. Didn't touch him. Didn't touch him. Like, he was definitely pissed. And then, like, the McCuller lane violation at the end, which, like, just makes free throw. I don't care. That's but, what know, I was, told that, AB. That's yeah. my thing with this. In our comments, they're almost triggering me, too. We sound like a bunch of fucking K-State yeah, fans. Yeah, the comments, it's like, if we're blaming that loss on referees last night, then we need to reevaluate how we watch yeah, the sport. Because there were 800 things that the five players that played 40 minutes last night could have done that would have yeah. put us in a better position to win. So, like, yeah. yes, there were bad calls. But, like, I've been saying this for a year now. We have to go into sporting events expecting bad calls. Exactly. Every sporting event we watch. Like, that's we can complain. We can cherry pick. Yeah. And speaking of, Norlander wrote a story today. And there was a line in it. The Big 12, this is the first year in the Big 12's existence that they grade the referees game again. They'd never done it before. How is that possible? Like, that just know. seems insane to me. How are we not holding referees, whether it's pro KU, pro K State, pro Baylor, whatever it happens? Did you to watch be? them in Waco Saturday? Yeah, it's, it's insane. Dude. Like, how how are we Fire. just now starting to grade them on their performance? There's no accountability whatsoever. Even with grades, there's not much accountability because they don't have to go talk in front of a microphone after a game and explain what they saw, explain why they called this, why they called that. But to not even like evaluate them on a game to game basis especially with sports gambling now. There is so much money that people bet on these games. And it feels like I will, I don't even, I watch so much less college basketball than I used to, but I'll watch three or four games a week. And I'm like, God, if, I mean, these and refs then, are completely screwing North Carolina state right now. What's going on? Like how many people just random average Joes have their money on NC state plus four. Mm-hmm. And they lost because this dumbass ref called a trip that was no one was even near him. Like it's, that's my big issue is that officiating in sports in general needs a complete overhaul because 
we shouldn't be having these conversations, whether it's pro us or anti us, every single time. I yeah. didn't even I didn't even really have any crazy takes about the officials yeah. during the game or after, besides just the one in the corner against Hunter, where I mean Perry just put Tyler Perry put himself in a terrible situation and we trapped him. But after the I don't know if you guys saw it, but after the game, there was a lot of like opposing fan bases saying that KU kind of got screwed with the whistle. So that was kind I of mean, a shock to me. And I'm I'm not even saying it has anything to do with the officials at all. I just thought that was kind of a shock because usually people want KU to lose and we obviously get the benefit of the whistle at Allen Fieldhouse sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, but we, yeah, we played like shit. We shot 40%. And I kind of just came to terms right after that. It felt like they wanted it more. The bounces kind of went K-State's way. They killed us on the glass. You talked about Kaluma. He had a lot of putbacks late, kind of bodied Furphy. They out-rebounded us by nine. I thought we could kind of get them on the boards, um, but it felt like they just – they wanted it more. We didn't play well, so kind of got over that loss quick, and we talked about it. The Iowa State game, Sting would have stung a little less. Our fans wouldn't have melted down, and this one too. I know it's a rival, but if we just win one of those games in Morgantown and UCF, we'd be – still right at the top of the Big 12, and I think everyone would still be feeling fine. But now you look at our woes on the road, you see we have four more tough road games, and you kind of start to worry a little bit. Yeah. Um, you guys want sure. a Nostradamus take on KU Road right now? Yeah. They're, they're going to go 3-1 and one on the road to finish the year. Well, I was just about to get in. Yep. <laughs> because – but. I, Last thing on the refs, by the way, funny part about that whole thing with in Waco is the athletic director simply stood up, defend Scott Drew. Like, we're sitting here defending Scott Drew. That's how bad it was. Yeah. Uh, and he, he like, make, he makes a comment and uh, he gets fined. You know, he he loses money because he just simply was like, we need to get better officiating in the Big 12. And so it's like, it's just, it's across the board, everyone. But like AB said at the very beginning, you just have to know going into all these games, the officiating is not going to be good. And it's just like exhausting to care about officiating. And like mm-hmm. we said, make your free throws, make your layups, you win the game. But I do um, want to talk about this next. Can I say one more thing about the K-State game? Yeah. There's comment at 529, whoever is pinning the comments about El Marco's jumper. Oh, all comparing it to Dave. Um, absolutely which, electric which, i've got it on video by the way it gets me into it gets me into two um two points i guess el marco i mean just it was kind of reminiscent of dave when dave would just pull at the top of the key <laughs> he's got the video go ahead we would always tweet that picture of dave shooting that three against umkc at the sprint center with his goofy form and it just reminded me of that it literally hit the left side of the backboard not even close Oh my god! I mean, I thought it got tipped in real. So like, I was I. like, "There's no way that backboard's still recovering." Like, but he, then it, but then it brings me to the next point, which is obviously talking about the bench. El Marco, we had two bench points last night. El Marco made the layup, and just I just wanted your guys' takes on the bench. Period. How I mean, we know it's a problem. How much of a problem is it going to be going forward in the tournament? Guys get in foul trouble. You saw it last night. We had three guys with four fouls for quite a bit. Um, but then I think, like, these are guys that have played heavy major minutes their entire college career, obviously besides Furphy. But Hunter's a guy that's played 33 minutes a night. Dewan really never sits. 
Kevin, same thing. But also you want to get those guys rest and have fresh legs. So I keep saying that maybe the starters can carry us. A team like 2012 went deep without really a good bench. But that team had like guys like Kevin Young would come in just fucking play hard, scrappy. Connor Tian would come in, hit the occasional three. Like the bench is really coming in and doing nothing besides Parker. We talked about that. AB yeah. Parker is as safe as can be. He's solid, gives us good minutes, but we get nothing from the bench. And I I just feel like when Bill is looking at the bench to sub someone in, he's probably has no faith at all. Like he has no confidence in any of those dudes. No. And I don't envy the position the guys on the bench are in because they obviously go into every game thinking, look, I got like eight minutes max. I better make the most of it. And it feels like they just press and try and do it too much almost. And then it turns into mid-range jump shots that barely hit the backboard even. So um, Uh, it's tough. But yeah, that's a big concern because one guy gets in foul trouble. Then what do we do? Then we're looking at all Marco or Nick Timberlake playing 20 minutes in a tournament game. And we've seen this kind of stuff happen before. Like we're going to see Kev or Dewan get in foul trouble in the tournament. It's just just kind of happened. It's part of the deal. Like KJ got in it last year, and that I mean, that was the whole debate with Norm is did Norm handle the foul trouble correctly? But yeah, I'm just I'm so at the point where I'm it's just exhausting to me to keep talking about the bench because it is what it nobody seems to want to step up. Like El Marco's regressing. Uh Timberlake just kind of He's just floating, doing, going through the motions. I think he, when you said pressing, he's the guy that seems like he's pressing. He's almost trying to do too much, whereas El Marco kind of just went through that stage where he wasn't doing anything, wasn't trying to do anything. So, yeah, I'm exhausted by that whole conversation. I'm going to just tell myself that one yeah. of them, it's not even that they need to be consistently good. Just no. all we need is them to come in off the bench in a game in March and make a couple plays, buy and us don't make and mistakes. Pick it. Yeah, so like I'm just I don't think that's the thing that will make or break the season. It probably yeah. I mean you probably can't win a national title if you just literally I mean because winning six straight in March is just you just so you hard. hear fans say that we don't have the depth or the bench to go deep or win at all. So I just I wanted your guys like overall takes, but yeah, at this point it feels like it is what it is. And Philip at five thirty five said they they get one play and then turn over and get pulled. Last night, literally, when that ball left El Marco's hands, someone was at the scorer's table for him. And then he ended up making a layup. I know. The next possession, he got pulled. But yeah, Banana it's... Land was Banana Land was start of the game. I don't think there was a dead ball or stoppage Dude. play until 10 minutes left. I thought Hunter back. Dickinson was going to have a heart attack. I kept telling, <laughs> I kept telling Hannah, I'm like, you realize they were supposed to have a TV timeout at the under 16 and it was like 13 and then it was 12. And I'm like, and by the way, they're supposed to have another one at the under 12 and then it was 12 and then it was 11. And Dickinson is just like, I mean, trying his ass off. Like I was impressed. Like it shows how good of shape those guys really are in. But when he got to that bench, he was dead and he just sat there while the rest of the team sat in the huddle. He just sat alone back on the side of the bench, just trying to catch his breath. So yeah, I mean, those types of moments, you see that and you're like, man, it is pretty brutal to mm-hmm. not have a bench. But hey. I want to I want to talk about Hunter, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, boy. Um, I, I don't even know where to begin. 21 <laughs> and 12. Right, but he's going to do that regardless because it's, it's going to be 20 and 12 and we can't say negative yeah. about that. But how c- confident are you guys with him when he – 
touches the ball or what like he I am completely out on him as a jump shooter for now. We got to think that improves. I let me look up the stat really quick. I think he's four of 23 in conference play and one for his last 17 from three. Yeah, which he like, started the year like eight of eight, didn't he? Right. Like he so like that that could be a positive spin zone. Like water always finds its level. It's currently finding its level right now, but he's probably going to be due for a little heater coming about two or three weeks. Maybe that's the turnaround we need to spread the court. Um, but also it's like he's just it's so it's so crazy. It's like a very interesting conversation that I've been having with Braden last night and in my own head today. Like, yeah, I'm confident he's gonna go out and get 20 and 10. But, like, it never feels like it's in big moments or it feels like he's got some turnovers when he or he dribbles too much and just loses the ball because he bounces it too hard and it goes over his head. He misses some bunnies. He missed a – there was a, he got fouled on it and made the free throw, so it doesn't really matter. But when Kev missed that little floater, he probably – Kev should have made that. But, Hunter, you're seven foot two. You're right at the rim. The guy hit your other arm. You have to make that. Like, there are mm-hmm. just – there are shots that he may – or misses that you know obviously he's not gonna average 30 points a game he's not a generational college basketball talent but he does multiple things every game that make me think what the hell are you doing dude like interesting yeah Braden, you said that last night Braden said that exact thing last night we just we kind of talked about how it's not it's not flashy and it's never Mm -hmm. gonna be that's how Dedrick was Dedrick was just so smooth like and, that's and like, it's not a his nickname, bad really. thing to be Diedrich Lawson. No. It's just right. probably not how you go win a national title. If that's that's kind of what guy. we said start of the year, too, is you don't really win natties with big men. And it's not even a knock on Hunter. Like, he's a good player. He was the most sought after transfer probably mm-hmm. ever, the best ever. And so we're obviously not knocking on him. It's just sometimes in the paint he catches it. And like last night, just gets a shot beat. Like, he can't jump. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's and a non-factor on defense. on defense. Yeah, the defensive so, thing is is. But it's what, not like we need guards, man. We just yeah, need I mean, guards yeah. that can go because you're. That would open so much for Hunter pick and roll, um, get easy looks down low. So like Hunter's probably going to be back next year. We need to get some guards in from the portal or something. Or I'm, I can see El Marco being fine next mm-hmm. year. I know fans are out on him right now. I still I still think you see the glimpses of yeah. why. People th- thought he was going to be so good, um, but he yeah, he I don't ain't going to be wearing crimson and blue next year. Is my take. I think this yeah. is the classic freshman that comes in, bombs, and transfers somewhere else, and then plays pretty well. It's well, it depends it's, on what Bill does transfer for, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it's, so, is it not? Does it not give you Bryce Thompson vibes or Quentin Grimes vibes of this like combo guard coming in, like super excited about him, high expectations, struggles massively all year long? Like he has had what? one or two good games this year and bill yeah. just simply doesn't trust him and that's the biggest like we always go back to bill trust no one thought kj was going to start but we knew bill trusted him and then he hasn't hasn't not started again since we had that conversation two and a half years ago like it, it trust is a big thing and i don't know that i think bill's smart enough to realize even basketball wise dewan and el marco probably aren't the best fit together especially mm-hmm. if you have a seven foot two big and then your four is like like, if we go into next year and we go Dewan and KJ and say Hunter comes back, I don't know anything about that, but let's just say he does, El Marco, and then who else? Some some Furphy. transfer guard or Furphy if he comes back. 
we're not going to feel any better about that team than we feel about this team or we felt about the 2021 team or the 2019 team. But we will. We will. We'll be a we'll top talk five ourselves team. into we'll it because yeah. we're going to we're going to look awesome at Allen Fieldhouse and we're going to get a crazy non-con win and we're going to say Bill Self's the best and the staff is awesome. But it's going to be the same problems that we have right now. So I I think my early, you know, off-season prediction is El Marco's not back. Hmm. Yeah, could be. I don't know. Still a lot to I, a lot of ball left. Yeah, hopefully. I kind of want. I want to say like I haven't been. I I really can't think the last year. I've tried to think all day. The last year I've been this confused on a KU team, and me and me I'm and AB in on him. Me and AB, um, we talked about it last night, and I texted you guys the other day. Like, there's no better years than when you know you're a national title contender. I don't really feel that way today anymore, but I was telling him like in 2019, you knew in 2021, you knew like you had Marcus Garrett, great player, love him so much, but he was our starting point guard. 2019, when dope goes down, you're screwed. Um, what 20 Ubre's freshman year, you kind of yeah, knew this year, this year, I'm not done. I'm not out on this team, but I don't know. Like, I don't know where I'm at. Also, we I talk think about you're going to find out in about the next week and a half is what yeah. i think because the bit you think about the bench but then you think about the starters like i i still think we have two all-american type players and i think the biggest positive from last night and the last week is dewan is back like the dewan we're used to he's here i think he's here to stay the emergence of furphy i don't know if you're going to get it every night so i'm just just kind of confused because i i feel like our starting five is pretty damn solid and they're at least going to give you effort and play hard every night. So I don't really know where I'm at. I don't know if they're an actual national title contender or not, but I haven't been this confused on a team in a long time. I just can't really figure out where I'm at exactly. So let's talk about this because me and AB were heading there a few minutes ago and I tweeted, I tweeted this this morning. Like I am deaf. I'm with you. B turn. Like I am teetering on the edge of like, they don't got it. They just don't, they don't got it. And they don't have a guy. They don't have a detail. They don't have a Frank Hunter ain't him. I'm very much teetering on that edge of being out on this team, but this is still, we are right in that window of every bill self team. A switch can get flipped this month right now. And the opportunity is there. I said it, this morning on Twitter, like go beat Baylor. Like we said, we think we will. <laughs> oh, I feel like I just repeat these types of things every episode, but we're now in the thick of it. Uh, and then you go into Texas tech. It's going to be a coin flip game. Like from an odd standpoint, right? We may even, we'll probably be dogs by one point. Maybe my, I don't know. It'll be a pick them by the time the game comes out. Coin flip, find a way to go win. And then you go to OU, a team you hand, like honestly, our most impressive win at times this year was OU, I guess, before Houston. But like we handled them pretty well at home. If you find a way to win that game, you just find a way to win two road games. You then have two home games and that's a five game winning streak. And so like to me, this these next three games are where I will make my official decision on if this team can actually keep us excited come March. And AB, you just said you think they're going to go three and one down the stretch here. So on the road, so you must feel pretty good about them winning 
seven and one. Oh, here's here's what I think is going to happen. I think they win Saturday big. I think they lose at Tech. I think they beat OU and kind of get back on track. Then they get a couple home games. But here's what I'm – I told you, yeah, I texted yeah. you guys this last night. Imagine a world where it's 12-5 and five Houston versus 11-6 Kansas going into the last game of the season at Houston. And I know that we're going to be underdogs in that game, probably substantial underdogs. Right now, Ken Palm has it at 10. I bet it's closer to 7 or 8. That's a game Bill Self wins, boys. Can you imagine Whoa. Bill being a <laughs> That's a game dog? Bill Self wins. And if Bill keeps us in that action. game. I think people yes. would go into that thinking we get pumped because we pumped them. Mm-hmm. But Bill with the uh, regular season Big 12 on the line, he would come up with a good game plan and coach his ass off. Yeah, I, I actually – I'm pretty with you, A.B., but I'm a little different. I think I think the game Bill Self's going to win that we're not giving him credit for is – we're going to go into Waco and win. Oh, I think that's a win too. Scott Drew, his son. So, oh yeah. So you have that, but like, yeah. yeah, But so in your scenario, we would be a, we would only have five big 12 losses. Uh, Going into Houston. Yeah. But even, but even if it's, you know, 11 and five or 12 and five versus 12 and five, and it's literally winner takes the big 12. I still think that's this. It fits the same narrative, but that's a bill self game. On a scale of one to ten, how shocked would you guys be if we dropped a home game, rest of the year? Texas still scares me. Their athleticism, their size. We they destroyed us last year. Both we have two ranked. We have like two ranked teams at home outside of Texas. Yeah, we have Baylor and BYU. But I'm not worried about BYU. Who's our fourth? K State. Okay. Yeah. So two ranked teams, right? Yeah. BYU and. Baylor this Saturday. Oh, is Texas not ranked? Yeah, they're they're bad. Yeah, so we might be playing two. I mean, that's what Ken Palm wise. BYU is still like a top ten team, right? Uh, But I want to ninth. Yeah, I want to revisit this because I feel like we talked about this same exact scenario before the Houston game. (laughs) We recorded. I said if we go one and one in this stretch, I literally said, say we beat Houston and then we go to Manhattan forty eight hours later and it's a tight game. What are fans going to say between win or losing a tight game? If we win last night, what are we saying? And what are our fans saying about this team? Well, that's my biggest problem is that we overreact too much to games. It's a road game against your biggest rival. Good atmosphere. AB might disagree. But but in a three-point spread, like it's supposed to be a good game. Everyone knew the spot too. 48-hour turnaround after the biggest win of your season against your biggest rival, like you knew it was going to be a tight game. And now it goes to OT where Kevin McCuller free throws away from potentially being on here saying, God, this team can win it all. They just won two big games. We're right at the top of the Big 12. We're going to win the Big 12. And now we lose a really tight game in overtime because Jerome Ting is the best coach in basketball history in overtime. Now we're melting down. So it's like if if we win that tight game, what are we saying, Ryan? Well, yeah, right again. Well, I, I was just going to say that I think as a whole, we need, we really got to focus process over results. I know that might be loser talk, but like you look at some things that have bothered us all year long. They only turned it over nine times last night. Am I reading that right? Like on a, in a road game. Yeah. Yeah. Nine turnovers. That's KU. Yeah. But that, that's an, like have. they shot really, really. Poorly. Which we knew they would. We said we that all would. episode. But so, and here's and like 
I mean, the defense was fine, but I also, Brayden and I talked about this a lot too. K-State's offense was just nothing. I mean, they would literally do a screen, and then if it wasn't there, then we were just letting the other them side get what they wanted. And then Their two they best would, shooters launching yeah, they'd, threes. They'd hit a three off a screen with like eight seconds off the shot. Clock. I mean, that layup Tyler Perry made was just out of this world. Mm-hmm. But here's but K-State's the thing. a good offensive rebounding team too, and we knew that going in. So like that—that's what beat us really. We had so a chance like, to get stops late, and we yeah. did stop them. But they got the offensive boards, went up. Hunter tipped it in for them. I just think the thing that drove me, like, I totally get what you're saying. It's like, yeah, if we if we win that game by one point, we're sitting here saying we can win the national title. But to me, what I would have saw if we did win that game was somebody making a big play late and us mm-hmm. executing better than K-State. And I think that was the thing that just, like, drove me crazy on the drive home. It's like, we just don't have the guy that does that. Like, we don't yeah. – we have yet to see that guy show up. And so it's not over – we still have a chance. I think we're going to rattle off three in a row here, and we are going to be very back. <laughs> uh, but it may be you may go two and one, and then you win at Baylor. I don't know, but it was a lot, just a lot of missed bunnies, a lot of more hustle plays that K State made. Um, there was one play late, I forget when it was, but I think it was out of a timeout where Bill drew something up nasty and got it to KJ in the middle of the lane and just hammered one home. Yeah. Thunder jam, so easy. Yeah, I don't know what that defense was. By you, you remember that though? Right? That was beautiful execution. Wasn't that late in the game to tie it? Yeah. Yeah, I mean that was just we just ran a pick and roll at the top of the key. I don't know how they mm-hmm. fell for it. Um, we did that all game. That's really what I was telling AB on the way home. It was pick and rolls with KJ finding him in the middle of the lane shooting floaters, or it was Kev just putting his head down, getting downhill, trying to finish around the rim or getting fouled. Yeah, that's what. Uh, like God, I never. I won't forget how I felt when Kev got fouled late down two, and I immediately looked up to the board, and we were still in the single bonus. And I'm like, "Oh God!" Yeah, yeah. Just no, it was it was rough. Um, okay, boys, I gotta go, but I want you you guys stay on and keep talking. But I gotta. Yeah, there's a couple other things I want to get to. Uh, First of all, one note: if we would have won that game, walking out of Bramlage to the fog would have been so sick. Just key for so many jokes, but then it ended up just being a hassle to drive through on the way home. Um, the other thing, and I wish Ryan was still on here for this. I wanted his takes. I can't remember a basketball coaching staff getting into two different beefs within a two-week span. So as much as Jerome Tang loves to claim family and love and happiness and Oh, KSU, not fuck KU. Like, come on, support these guys. That staff sure loves to get into fights with other coaches what, and claim I, other things. I, I guess anyone in the chat on YouTube or you, have you heard any more on that? Like what went down? Or I didn't even I still haven't even seen the video of it. I just saw tweets that there was a little scuffle mm-hmm. after the game. I have no idea what that would be about. I have um, no clue whatsoever. Um I don't know. I Bill said that. It wasn't anyone or his like main assistance or anything. Uh, so I, I, I still don't even know who was involved, but it looked like something happened. I think Vern tweeted out the video. Maybe yeah. it wasn't Vern, but I'm pretty sure it was. Uh, of like the post game interview from Tyler Perry or Cam Carter, who Kaluma, whoever ESPN was talking to after the game, and you can kind of see something starting to pop off a little bit in the background. But I don't know. I think the main point is is like what are we doing getting into two altercations if you want to call them that within a two and a half three week span like that just seems like 
something might be a little bit wrong there. And yeah. I, again, I don't know what happened, so I don't want to speak too out of touch on this, but also it's like that stuff never really happens. Like, can you remember a time where KU staff gotten into a little altercation with another coaching staff? I'm just looking at the last comment. No, and I can't remember that. Um, my question for you is, I think kind of your takeaway or looking forward, you think we're going to go three and one on the road and mm-hmm. probably that one road loss being at tech, which is our next road game. So Monday night, if we go into tech, lose the same way we've been losing on the road, are you confident they finish three and zero on the road? No. And I don't even want like, are we beating Houston? Like if we lose the tech, are we going to, right. Like I, I don't want Houston? this. I don't want this to come off as a, I'm locking up KU's winning at Houston. That no, is I know. Very clearly the hardest game they're going to have to play all year. Um, and, you know, it's they're tough. It's hard to beat teams twice. It's hard to beat really good teams twice. So um, that's just more of like a gut kind of like we've seen Bill Self in For those sure. games at Tech, at Baylor before where he just wins them late. But I don't know because I, you make a good point. I do think they're going to lose that Tech or at least play a stinker. Or yeah. question even if they win close, okay, well, shit, like – I'm just kind of wondering where the fan base's head is going to be at. If they go into Tech, it's a good game. They end up losing. You're 1-5 and on the road in the Big 12. And I almost just want to say, I mean, they are. They're due to win a tight game on the road, right? I think you win this. You win these next two, which we talked about, Houston, K-State, if we won those two. um, I think the fan base is going to be super confident. But, yeah, if you go – you went at home against a ranked team and then you go to tech another ranked team in Lubbock, which is one of the toughest environments. I think the fans will be back, but God, if you start one and five on the road and the big 12 and you still have to go to Waco and to Houston, I mean, Norman's not going to be a cakewalk. I'm sure right. some fans too. So if we start one and five. I'm kind of just wondering where the fans are going to be. I feel like it's going to be full meltdown mode and no probably will be, but I'll keep forward. saying it like, Bill ain't going one and eight on the road in conference. Like this just that's I don't think that's possible for him. Uh, well, I looked it up last seven, night. Like yeah, even that like seven would be wild. Right. Um, but I was looking at it last night. Bill's only Bill's worst road stretch in conference play was three and six in twenty twenty one. Or no, twenty nineteen. Yeah. I think you said nineteen. Twenty nineteen when Doak got hurt. Other than that, he hasn't lost more than five games in conference on the road uh in his career at KU over 20 years. So yeah, like history is not going to tell you everything, but we, we look at this roster and you can't tell me that this is a worse roster than 2021 or 2019 or 2015 or some of these teams that we've kind of looked at, like you mentioned earlier, knowing that they're not going to go on a national title run. And I, I don't know. I, I just have a feeling that Bill's going to figure a couple of these games out and get a, you know, scratch a few out, finish 12 and six in conference. Yeah. That might be good enough for a share and then go into March and see what happens. Um, but those games are hard to find, I guess, especially with the ones that we have left because they're all going to be a battle. Like we're not going to go. We There's a chance we could be underdogs in all of our road games left. Yeah. No, I was, this is probably stupid, like dumb brain, but I was just looking at the schedule last night. They have five more games in February, three in March. I'm thinking, go. You got what? Three, three of those games are at home in February. Go four and one the rest of February, and then go two and three in those last three games. You obviously go to Waco, to Houston, win one of those. So you go four and one in February, two and one in March, 
finish off what's that six and two so yeah 12 and six in the conference i think well, why is that not attainable like we got five more games mm -hmm. this month obviously two are on the road but i think we can split those road games we don't think we're going to lose at home and then find a way to win in waco or Texas or houston maybe you win both but i don't i think we can definitely still finish 12 and six and I, we talked about it last night on the way home like you have four more road games in the conference. If I signed, if I said you can sign up for two and two, would you take it? Yeah, because that gives you twelve and six. Because we're we're confident we don't lose at home, just because we don't. Yeah, I think I would we're take good. that. Yeah, twelve. I think and six. I would take that because none of the losses are going to be bad losses in my mind. Like if, if we've already gotten those out of the way, it's so frustrating, dude, that we've lost to three of the four worst teams in the Big Twelve on the road this year. That's why when it's you scary. were in control of two of them, I know we've already hashed all that out, but it's just so frustrating every time it comes back up. Uh, one other thing, good for K State. Not going to talk too much shit. Um, I saw Cyclone Larry tweet out, "This is going to be the spark to an amazing NIT run." Uh, that's correct. Um, another thing, though, I think one seed dreams are gone. That's another. That was a quad two loss last night. Not great, but you know, that's two losses outside of quad one. That's typically a big thing. And yeah, it's it's just frustrating, man. Um, but they're gonna be fine. They're gonna be fine. Process over results. They're still figuring it all out. We knew they were gonna be due for a bad shooting night. We knew K State was gonna be fired up. The uh thing holding me back with if this team can win a natty is you're asking a team that's five and five in road and neutral games this year to go six and oh in, in road slash neutral games against some of the best teams they're gonna play all year. I don't last know that I can picture that happening. Can you pin the last comment? Yep. Um, I'm going to so have to get out of here after this, though. Okay. Yeah, it says, so for audio, if you could add a former player to this team, who would it be? I would obviously go with a guard, just another guard that can handle it and shoot it and score. It honestly would be probably like a Frank or Devontae. How about we make a rule, no All-Americans, because that makes it a little too easy. Who were our names that we brought up that one episode when we kind of answered this? Um, God, I can't even remember. It's been so much that's happened since then. Like Markeith Morris, stuff mm -hmm. like that. Um, I guess position, like you would probably go with another guard, right? Yeah, I think I'd go with a guard. Um, Christian Brown? I don't know. Maybe CB would be nice. I feel like we need another shooter, like pure. So CB kind of fits that, even though he's more of a slasher. Um but I, I still think spacing is a problem. Yeah. Uh, the the question I would have is who goes to the bench and does it change much of the, you know, we added Benny Furphy Mack. who stretches the floor real well, but like at the same time, it's got to be Ben. He's Mack. probably Furphy's probably the one to go to the bench if we were to add someone like someone else. Everyone's saying Sfi. I don't hate that. I thought about Sfi too. Ben Mack. Um, yeah, Macklemore's a stud. I think it has to be Macklemore, man. It's Macklemore. Um, but how much changes? Obviously, Macklemore was, you know, I, I don't really know how to answer this, but better than Furphy, more consistent than Furphy. So you put him in, but I mean, you're not, we know Bill's not sitting KJ. We know Hunter's not sitting. We know Dewan's not sitting. We know Kevin's not sitting. So it's like, is Macklemore that big enough of an upgrade to change much of this team, if that makes sense? Like that's that's kind of why I'm struggling with like the shooter thing. It's almost he's a like, deadly shooter and athletic. That's exactly what we need. I would take Ben over Svi any mm -hmm. day of the week. 
God, it's tough, dude. Same with Grady. I'd take Ben over Grady. Shouts to Grady. Good night last night. Yeah, 22 points. Mm-hmm. One good thing happened for the Hawks last night. Yeah. Jay- Coleman lands. Some, I saw someone tweeted about Jake. Isaiah Moss. Mm-hmm. Like, that's why I was almost leaning like a bench shooter that can just come in or someone that we can trust. Remy Martin. How about Remy? Remy might be the I answer, dude. That. He could yeah. honestly be the answer because we, we've been saying Maybe like, a bench guy. Yeah. Because yeah, I mean, that's what can... I was thinking about Frank. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, he was All-American National Player of the Year, but I feel like he was pretty ball dominant. Needed the ball. He had the ball yeah. in his hands a lot. That's kind of DeWan just running the offense. Mm-hmm. I'd love to have a sh- another shooter around him. Kev could kind of be a slasher. Furphy could shoot a little bit. That's why Svee's tough because I feel like he's pretty similar to Furphy. So yeah. I don't really know if that is the answer or the replacement. Mm-hmm. I think we need an athlete that can just shoot it. I don't know. That's good. But also, Ben Ben wasn't like an amazing ball handler either. I feel like it'd be nice to have another good ball handler next to Dewan. A lot of Bill's best teams had two guards. I think Remy's my final answer. Like we've been saying, who's the Remy going to be this year? Who's the guy off the bench? What if it was just Remy Martin? Yeah. So you'd have him coming off the bench. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, really, we need a spark off the bench. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. Yeah, Malik Newman's a really good one. Marcus would be solid. I think the spacing could get weird, but we'd be really good defensively. Malik Newman, I mean, that yeah. march was incredible. One of those guys, yeah, that one of those guys could come off the bench. Or is there anyone in the starting lineup you'd bring off the bench? Like maybe Furphy comes off the bench? It could be. Um, but then it's just like, I, I don't know if I'd want to put like, Malik's Grady in for Furphy or Macklemore in for Furphy or Spee in for Furphy because I think they kind of, in a way, do similar things. Uh, so I don't, it'd just be like adding an extra guy, which would be fine because we do need an extra guy on the bench. But Malik's a pretty good answer. It would be between him or Ben for me. Yeah, Mario's not a good one. Mario could shoot it, can handle it. I'd still take Ben. Ben was so fucking good. I know. He was. Shoot it. Um, the plays, the under the basket plays that Bill would draw for him. He was a top five pick, the top 10, whatever he went. Mm-hmm. Seven or eight. Um, Xavier Henry. Mm-hmm. Josh Jackson. Probably not. Hero. That would be a little tough too. That, but yeah, like a lot of these guys being named, it's, I feel like add to the problems more than they take away, at least as far as how we play the game, I guess, or strategy wise. But yeah, I think anyways, I got to get yeah. out of here. I got to make dinner. I'm a hungry boy. But, uh, All right, guys, big game Saturday and then followed by a big game Monday. I don't know. We might do like a live thing yeah, Saturday we, we where we watch something. the game, but big game, ranked team at the field house. Hopefully they keep taking care of business at the field house. But, God, it would be nice to win Saturday, Monday. Go subscribe. Thank you guys for being in here on the chat. It makes it so much more enjoyable interacting with you guys. So I really appreciate it. Anthony Bax, go get some food. Rock chop. Mm-hmm.